You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Starting at host for your Locked On Pacers podcast at six foot one from Indianapolis, Indiana. It is Tony East with the West Indianapolis Community News and over at eight points nine seconds. I have no idea why I decided to mix up the intro today, but you know what? Let's have some fun with it. Uh, the Pacers just actually a few hours ago uh, defeated the New Orleans Pelicans uh, in a very crazy game that I would like to talk a lot about. Uh, they play the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, who have a bunch of nobodies on the team. Um, no one is returning to Bankers Life Fieldhouse, so I might just gloss right over the game. Just kidding. I will spend a lot of time talking about the Lakers, uh, and their roster could change a bunch before this game, so it's going to be a fun episode. Uh, but let's start off with this Pelicans game that just ended because it was wild. Uh, the Pelicans jumped out 11-0 really fast. Uh, I actually tweeted right before the game because the so the Pelicans started Drew Holiday, a very, very good NBA player. Frank Jackson, a rookie, Jaleel Okafor, uh, been cut twice, Kendrick Williams, a rookie, uh, and Darius Miller, a second-year player. And I thought, how is the, this team going to score any points? Like, if Drew Holiday gets stopped and Drew went 6 for 15, they stopped him. Like, how are they going to score? Uh, well, I'll be damned. They found a way to score. Uh, Jaleel started off really well passing the ball. He wasn't getting assists, but he was like, you know, I expected him to just be like back-to-the-basket post-ups. He was actually moving it a bit. Uh, Darius Miller was bombing away. He took 11 threes. Frank Jackson was hitting early. Like a lot of their guys finished with low shooting percentages, but they, they hit early and missed late. Um, but they jumped out to 11, a lead Pacers fought their way back and were right in at the end of the first. And then it was really just back and forth the rest of the way. Um, you know, they were up three Pacers were up three at halftime up nine going into the fourth. And then the Pels were, you know, clawing their way back. They'd get close. They, they had a few looks to take the lead with under five minutes to go. That were really good looks that they just happened to miss, um, which was such a bummer because I did not, you know, I felt like the Pelicans actually did a pretty good job in the clutch of manufacturing these shot attempts that were good. Um, but they just didn't go in credit to the Pacers. They actually did play some really good perimeter defense. Um, Sands giving up those good looks in the clutch. Uh, the Pelicans were, were not eight, nine of 38, excuse me. I almost said eight, nine of 38 from three, uh, and they also turned it over 16 times, which the Pacers tend to do a ton of points. I don't have that exact number, but it was a lot, um, which was really the difference in this game. Uh, but this game has one of the biggest box score anomalies ever, and that is that it, Jaren, Darren Collison has 22 points. So, right, say, or, or you, you could be listening to this podcast, or you're like looking at the box score, right, and you didn't watch the game. So you see that Darren Collison had 22 points on 9 of 14 shot shooting. He'd probably like, ah, oh, that's all right. That's a pretty good game for him. Uh, six assists, no turnovers. That's a pretty good game for him. You know, he's probably uh, one of the better players on the team. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't have, like, the actual, you know, I need to actually dig this up. But I think every single one of his shots was, like, a dagger to the heart of the Pelicans. Like, the Pelicans would be down 9, and then they'd go on a 7-0 run, and they'd get all this momentum, and then Darren Collison would just hit a beautiful pull-up mid-ranger. And then they'd cut it back to four, and then Darren Collison would hit a corner three, and then, you know, they'd be playing great defense and have the shot clock down to two, and they were up five, and then Darren Collison would miraculously hit it. Like, all of his shots just felt, like, so huge in the flow of the game for the Pacers. And, you know, you can look and say 22 points all you want, but they were just, like, the most noticeable and huge. Like, every single one of the 22 just felt so huge. Um, I cannot understate how great he was in this game. Three of six from deep, and like I already said, six assists, zero turnovers. He's getting back that assist-to-turnover ratio that made him so good last year. 
he was really fantastic in this game. And his other backward partner, Corey Joseph, who, you know, always puts up some stat line of like five, five and five. He had five, five and four in this one. Um, did a really good job defending Drew Holiday. Uh, you know, Drew only would get to the paint with Corey Joseph on his hip and Miles Turner in his way. Most of Drew's shots were were kind of contested. Uh, he was six of fifteen overall. He did a lot of good stuff. Like he almost finished with a triple double. But I was impressed with Kojo's work on him, even though Joseph's uh, shot has just vanished recently. Um, but really, th- those two just running together have done such a great job since they've been inserted into the starting lineup uh, in the Orlando game. I was begging for that change, if you'll recall, last week because Sumner was just not cutting it. It was just so much more obvious to me that, that starting Joseph would work better. And it has. They were really a bad Sabonis game in, in Orlando away from that group being 3-0 and um, so far since the switch. So, I, you know, you, you can't be upset with almost being 3-0. and I mean, I know that's semantics because they didn't actually win that game in Orlando, but they looked good in that whole game. I'm not going to kill anybody for that performance. Um, the bench, though, like me and Adam talked about, if Sabonis, I should talk about Sabonis first. Um, Sabonis had 16 and 13 on seven of nine shooting. Given how terrible he was the two games before, I think two of 16, uh, this was great. He needed this and he was good. Uh, he really carried the second unit, which is not what I want to get to because me and Adam talked about the struggles they've had because they're playing all these young guys. That continued. Uh, Holiday, two of five. Sumner, 0 for two. TJ Leaf, two for three. They combined. For 14 points in 32 minutes. Um, you know, it's they were all in the court at the same time at one point uh, in the second quarter, and they all ended up in a minus plus minus. Like, if Sabonis doesn't go as good as he is, the bench probably finishes like minus 15 in a loss. But they were all like minus 3 to 5 because Sabonis was so good. The unit is just so hard to, 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 to buoy, like to keep afloat. Someone is going to have to play really well playing with the second unit every game for this to work. Uh, Boyan saved the day in that heat game, but like Thad and the bench has to work like it did against Orlando uh, or Sabonis. The bench has to work this time to, to carry this when they mix and match because uh, they're going to struggle with the, these all these young guys. McDermott coming back will just add a steady hand. Um, I'm not going to get into anything I said in that Adam fight. With, fight is the wrong word. The Adam debate over McDermott, but just like a steadier hand and a younger guy at least uh, at the very, very bare minimum to, to uh, help this team improve. But overall, though, uh, McMillan did a good job of outside of those full bench minutes, which was only about five minutes in the whole game. He did a pretty good job with the rotations, I thought. Um, and he, you know, he, his sets at the end of the game when it was close were good. Uh, he kept them in the lead. His, their defense on the stretch was good. Their strategy to foul up three uh, late was good. And then they threw it down in the end of the court. They finally uh, heard my pleas to just tap the ball up in the air at the last second. Um, so I was I was pleased with how all that went. Hold on to that this win. They like. Now they they have to feel good, you know, walking away from this road trip two and two, um, you know, given how it started in Washington. Uh, you know, the, the first two games without Vic, a little bit of growing pains, but now I think, I think they're like, okay, you know, we can do this. You know, we just went two and two on this road trip. We got on a two-game win streak. Uh, they're back home until the All-Star break. I think that this game combined with that Heat game is really going to put this team in the right mental state going forward to to really propel themselves to to something special. So not, I mean, I mean not like so special. But you know what I mean? Uh, compared to um, where they could have been with Oladipo, obviously it's not going to be special. But I still think they could uh, make some noise. Uh, I think I think we will all be surprised. So that's all I got for this Pelicans game. Um, Darren Collison was just the hero. And I cannot I cannot overstate how poorly the box score does in just, in just displaying how awesome he was in this game. So you should go check it out. And I want to whip something up about all of his shots and what they were in this game because it was so awesome. But uh, now let's pivot 
to talking about the Lakers and the trade stuff going on around the Lakers and how they could actually be the Pelicans roster <laughs> come tomorrow. Uh, so after this break, we will be talking about the Lakers. Lance Stevenson's uh, first Last time Lance Stevenson was in Banker's Life, not in a Pacers jersey, he was in a Clippers jersey. Uh, and George Hill had blonde hair, and Paul George was the best player on the Pacers. You know, it was a while ago. Uh, he was ironically in another Los Angeles jersey, so maybe that's the only way he'll ever return. But yeah, Lance on the road in BLF. Very rare, uh, very rare thing we have going on. It's going to be crazy. They also have LeBron James, they also might have Anthony Davis. Um, so just a lot to cover. I think I'll start with Lance um, because I want to get it over with. <laughs> Lance is going to get the craziest cheers. And that dude, if that dude has 25 and 10, I will finally believe that there's some like banker's life magic in this dude. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be insane to hear the crowd go wild when Lance checks into the game. Um, I'm sure his antics will be off the chart just back in front of his people. There's going to be a ton of profile articles about him. It's going to be one of the craziest. It's going to be insane that LeBron's team is in town and LeBron is like the B or C list store. I mean, he might even be the D the story given all the trades around them right now. Like it's, it's really going to be crazy how like, I mean, he'll get the attention obviously. And the Anthony Davis questions will go to LeBron, but they're not about LeBron. They're about Anthony Davis. Um, but Lance will get all this attention. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a fun tribute video to him uh, planned for that. Uh, on a back-to-back, it will be tough against this younger Lakers team that runs. I think their pace is in the top uh, top ten. If I oh top five, they're fourth. Uh, so that will be a challenge, actually, basketball-wise. Beyond just like anecdotally, uh, the Lakers have these guys, and the Lakers beat them last time. Um, I don't have it pulled up. I need to. I apologize for that. Uh, back in December. Um, they, they just beat him. Vic was out, I believe, in that game. Uh, so it's hard to really draw from that because it's like it's like you can draw from that because Vic's out again, obviously. But uh, it just felt different the first time in this time. You know, the guys know each other better now. Uh, but if you'll recall, that, that first quarter, that first Lakers game was to what I still think is the worst quarter of the season of any game for the Pacers. They had that terrible fourth against Toronto, which is the second worst. Uh, and then this first quarter against the Lakers, they de- started off down 38-15, um, where they were just terrible in that first quarter. And the bench really buoyed them the rest of the way. And McDermott was really good back then. Um, but, yeah, Lance is going to be the story guy. If you if you remember that game I was just talking about, uh, he was over 2 with 0 points in 4 minutes. I think he got hurt or something, but he didn't play uh, very much. So I'm sure he's looking forward to playing, A, against the Pacers again, uh, B, in the Bankers Life Fieldhouse, and see uh, in a game where he might be, like, uh, the focus of the team. And I know a lot of people are calling to get Lance at the trade deadline, so maybe that'll be a thing, too. He's trying to <laughs> impress his way into getting onto a team he likes instead of one he doesn't like uh, in this situation. I don't think that they will try to trade for Lance. But you know what? Uh, crazier things have happened. So this one will be, basketball-wise, this one will be interesting. Um, LeBron James is just a freak. He does everything well. Uh, he had th- he just kills the Pacers. He had 38-9-7 and seven the first time these two teams played. Um, plus minus of 19. Tyson Chandler had a plus minus of 18, and no one else was even above 10. Like Those two guys just completely carried the Lakers the first time these two teams played. No one really shot particularly well for them. They know they were under 30% from three. They shot terrible from the free throw line. They just came out to such a blitzing start, and uh, you know they, they just did a really good job. They out-rebounded the Pacers. Pacers turned it over 17 times. Like... It doesn't really matter how well you shoot. If you have so many possessions, you're just going to win. 
Um, so my keys, obviously, you're not going to stop LeBron, right? Like, I don't, you know, when you play a team like the Lakers, I don't think stopping LeBron should be your goal. I think your goal should be stop everyone else um, and make LeBron just go for like 50 to win because that's hard to do. Like, even if even if they're not like sending you extra coverage, scoring 50 is hard. Or else stars would do it all the time. Um, and then Tyson Chandler just kills it on the bench. He's a plus 18 because he was, you know, kind of stunting on Sabonis who went six or 13. Um, I think, I think, I think getting through him and, you know, finding a way to be good around the basket on the second unit is going to be key because, uh, to Lance and KCP too, uh, to their credit, they're both pretty good perimeter defenders on that second unit. KCP might actually be starting now for them. Uh, they have changed their lineup a little bit since the last time these two teams played. Um, but they have some good perimeter defenders, so to actually creating that penetration is a little bit harder, especially if they're going to play Sumner and Holiday together. So, uh, you know, finding a way to, to make Tyson Chandler's impact lessen so that when you do get the penetration, it's actually effective uh, is going to be important. And then in the starting five outside of LeBron, um, well, Ch- Chandler might start, but, you know, like guys like Ingram, they have a bunch of length. Um, you know, just keep them at bay. Don't let them get their body into you. Lonzo Ball is going to turn the ball over four times, but uh, he's going to make some crazy passes. You know, you got to be hands active at all times. Meanwhile, their, their weak point to go at is Kyle Kuzma. Uh, I'm assuming he will guard Thaddeus Young. So just pick and roll with that as the screener a lot might be a good strategy uh, in this game. Thad has been setting a lot of screens recently. He's been he's been running some actions that normally are designed for Turner. Um, not to have him be a play finisher, but just to like, get the action going and have him make decisions because he's a smart guy and that's been working. Um, so put him in those situations, make Kuzma work. I like that. And then Michael Beasley's not a good defender, neither is Josh Hart. Um, punishing those guys uh, could be the move off the bench as well. So there are holes in this Lakers team. Obviously, there's a reason they're basically 500. I mean, some of it's that LeBron's missed like 15 games. Some of it is that they're just not that great. <laughs> so uh, I think there are enough holes to, to punish them even without Oladipo. They almost beat them without them in L.A. the first time. So you know, let LeBron do his thing. Keep everyone else at bay. You might be able to pull it off. Uh, especially because their roster might be way different or like resting dudes for this game because of all the stuff going on around them. So, I mean, we, they just played the Pelicans. They're about to play the Lakers. I know it's lockdown Pacers, but let's talk about all this stuff going on uh, with the Anthony Davis stuff after this break and call it a day. So Woj is is just – he's like a mouthpiece for the NBA at this point. Uh, his the most – whoa, I just dropped my microphone on my chest. Excuse me if that was a loud booming sound or anything like that. Uh, I don't know what the most I, – I, I think the exact details uh, of this Lakers offer is uh, Kuzma, Ingram, Ball, uh, Zubac, two firsts, Lance, Rondo, um, and Beasley. So seven guys – or six guys? Six guys uh, for Solomon Hill and AD. So insane package. Um, it's probably about as good as they can offer without including Josh Hart. Um which apparently they really want to keep Josh Hart. And he actually is a pretty snug fit around two superstars, so I get why. Uh, but it's pretty funny that that's that they're keeping him out of these trade talks. Uh, in exchange for AD, though, I get why the Pelicans might not accept that and wait till the summer. Um, but it's also risky. You know, who knows if the offers change, what new information will happen by then. So uh, a lot of stuff has happened, though, that make me think, you know, like maybe not. I don't think the trade might, like, happen by the time this game happens. But, like, you know, Lonzo Ball took a bunch of Lakers stuff out of his uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, bios and stuff like that, which is always something silly that happens. 
uh, around these trades. And then uh, his dad came out and said he would like to play for the Suns instead of the Pelicans. I don't think he comes out and makes an actual statement unless he has reason to think he needs to make an actual statement. Um, there was just a big fight amongst the veterans who probably were mad that uh, they're about to get traded and they're not getting enough playing time to really prove they belong in another team, so they're not going to get bought out. Um, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on that makes this game even more interesting. But I here's another thing, you know, Anthony Davis has been hurt. I don't know that if they trade for him, he would even play uh, in this game. So they could be playing like seven dudes if this trade happens before the games. Like it could be the starting five for the for the Lakers could legitimately end up being in this game. Uh, point guard Josh Hart, shooting guard. Uh, Svi Maliak, I can't even say his last name. He's their second-round pick. He's a sharpshooter. Maybe even K- KCP could stay. Maybe let's just go with KCP. Let's just go. They start Hart, KCP, uh, LeBron. <laughs> Who else would they even have left? Mo Wagner, Zubac. Uh, so after the fallout, of, they'll have JaVale. Uh, they'll have a lot of centers left. Um, they're going to walk at us with a lot of young guys, and then like AD and LeBron. They'll, they'll end up 100% signing Melo uh, if this happens, but... This happening, like, right now is actually a key opportunity for the Pacers just because the Pelicans, like, they held out Solomon Hill. Well, like, he's not that great, but he's better than some of the dudes they played in this game. Uh, Because of this trade, they didn't want him to get hurt or anything like that. Um, So same thing for the Lakers. They might hold some dudes out who they don't want to get hurt. Um, And if they do make the trade, their roster will just be, like, nothing. So this game could be quite hilarious, uh, if we're being completely honest. And my take on the whole AD stuff um, is that, man – I think the Lakers are, like, if they're offering this much, they're really desperate to get Anthony Davis. And I think the second Anthony Davis signed with Clutch, uh, that's LeBron's agency that he owns and also is, is um, represented by. Uh, the second AD signed with Clutch, I think it was very obvious he would like to have played for the Lakers. So I think it's inevitably going to happen at some point. Uh, so if I am the Pelicans, I will wait till the summer because if it's inevitability, that offer will still be there, right? They're not going to lower the offer for something inevitable that they pretty much have to do because if they don't, you know, you can't you can't go through all these hurdles and offer all these guys and then not end up getting him. The optics are just so bad. Uh, so I'd wait till the summer to drive that offer up because the Celtics are going to bid and the Knicks might use cap space to bid and the Clippers have Jerry West who makes crazy bids. So um, I think they're going to try to get done right now. So there's a decent shot that AD's on the Lakers <laughs> at this point tomorrow. Um, but I ultimately think that they wait till the summer and this is just like – a very high animosity Lakers team playing in Indy. Uh, I think this is their last game until that deadline. Oh, they play on the day. They play at Boston on the day. Wow, that's going to be a crazy game. Um, but this is going to be wild. This this is going to be interesting. This could be like the final, the final uh, party for this this version of the Lakers roster, which is going to be fascinating. And it's LeBron, and it's the Lance return game. So I look forward to all the storylines surrounding uh, this basketball game. It's going to be very much drama-filled and fun. Of course, I like the basketball part the best, but if you're adding drama to a basketball game before it even starts, who can complain about that? Uh, my key for, I didn't even talk about like the Pacers side of this matchup because I just there's so much Lakers stuff to talk about that um, I feel like could go well. Um, but I feel like the centers, you know, the JaVale and uh, Tyson, I talked about how good Tyson is on that bench unit, are very ground-bound and attached to the basket, so stretch the floor. Uh, move, move, turn around the perimeter. I think you can, uh, could see some success. That's just about as basic as I'll get for this one because I've already taken up a lot of time talking about the Lakers. Uh, I thank you guys so much for tuning in to this uh, Tony Tuesday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. We will be back to obviously talk about this game tomorrow. 
uh, and look. Oh uh, no, we'll do our weekly show for Thursday. So we'll probably just talk about this game. Uh, I'm sure there'll be enough storylines that went on to talk about it. Maybe the trade will have happened. I can talk about how it affects the Pacers if it does happen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.